you are making the world a better place by listening to the Joy of Living podcast. This is your guide to achieving a more purposeful, powerful, and positive life. Join Barry Shore in unlocking the best version of you and becoming happier, healthier, and wealthier. And now, here's your ambassador of joy, Barry Shore. Good day, beautiful, bountiful, beloved, immortal beings and good-looking people. Remember, you're good-looking because you're always looking for and finding the good. That's why you tuned into The Joy of Living with your humble host, Barry Shore, because you care the most in the entire world about you. And that's great because when you become the best you possible, you make the world a better place. So you know you tuned in consciously and conscientiously because on this show, The Joy of Living, we discuss the three fundamentals of life. And when you use these three fundamentals, the result will be you'll be happier, healthier, and wealthier. Who doesn't want that? I just want to let you know, at this very moment, you are being joined by approximately 348,613 people around the world. And by the time we bring on our amazing guest, Shari, who is going to really rip you with goodness and joy, you'll be over 355, maybe over 360,000 people. And thank you, because we have an audience of 330,000 people every week, and you're to asking your friends and family to come and join because you know, again, on this show, it's all about you becoming happier, healthier, and wealthier using the three fundamentals of life. These three fundamentals are number one, life. Your life has purpose. And when you lead a purpose-driven life, you can go mad. Now, in this case, mad is a great acronym that stands for make a difference. You lead a purpose-driven life, you make a difference in the world. And the third fundamental is to uncover and unlock the power and the secrets of everyday words and terms. Everyday words and terms. Simple example. Right now, this show, this podcast, being carried both video and audio through the internet worldwide. If you ask anybody, what does WWW stand for? Invariably, it'll tell you how to do with the internet. And factually speaking, they're correct. But in our world, the world of the positive, purposeful, powerful, and pleasant, WWW stands for, drum roll, fanfare, da-da-da-da, what a wonderful world. <laughs> and what a, is a word, right? W-H-A-T-A. Whenever you hear the opening bars of that song from Louis Armstrong, Satchmo, who enables it to go worldwide and touch not just tens of millions or hundreds of millions, billions of people around the planet with that song, What a Wonderful World. Right away, what do you do? You can't help but you smile. Now, smile is one of the greatest words you can ever internalize, utilize, and leverage in your life because smile is an acronym that stands for seeing miracles in life every day, every day. Now, just before COVID, and by the way, thank God it's over. The masquerade is gone. Throw them away. We're going back to really being with people, you know, hugging, intimate, et cetera, et cetera, real people. So I was speaking to a group of 5,200 people in the audience and telling the story about Barry Shore. I'm talking about smiles, seeing miracles in life every day. And people are raising their hands and saying, hey, Barry Shore, Barry Shore, I've been there for hours already. I've seen any miracles. And I asked them, are you here? Can you hear? Can you stand still? I can't do that. Can you walk? I can barely do that. Do you have water to drink, food to eat, place to sleep, family, friends? Every single one of those is a miracle. Now, what's the proof? Simple as proof. A million people didn't get out of bed this morning. You know why? They died. By definition, if you're watching or listening, you didn't. Therefore, you have an obligation to live life exuberantly, live life to the full. And that's why we use the three fundamentals. Life has a purpose, go mad, make a difference, and unlock the power and secrets of words. Now, imagine the following. Standing up in the morning, hale and hearty, me, able to live tall buildings in a single bound, and that night being in the hospital totally, completely paralyzed. Not an automobile accident, not a spinal injury, a rare disease took over my body, which I never heard of the day before, and rendered me what's called a quadriplegic. Nothing on my body moved. My completely paralyzed from my head down to my toes. 
And I was in the hospital 144 days, paralyzed. I was in a hospital bed in my own home two years, and I couldn't turn over by myself, paralyzed. I was in a wheelchair for four years. I had braces on both my legs, my hips to my ankles. That was progress. Thank God today I am vertical and ambulatory with the help of a seven-foot walking wand made for me by a Zen master. So I'm a tripod, not a biped. I still can't walk up a curb by myself. I can't walk up a stair by myself. I've helped 12 hours a day, seven days a week. But you hear my voice, positive, purposeful, powerful, and pleasant. It's all because of one word. And that word is smile, seeing miracles in life every day. But I got to tell you a quick story. <laughs> my eight-year-old niece comes over to me a couple of weeks ago and says, Uncle Barry, Uncle Barry, can we spell smile S-M-I-E-L? I thought about it. Sounds the same. I asked her, fine, why not? I asked her, how come? She says, because then she's, it would stand for seeing miracles in everyday life <laughs> under the mouth of babes an eight-year-old but what was she doing she was creating the kind of world she wants to live in now create is a wonderful acronym that stands for causing rethinking enabling all to excel rethinking you are responsible for your own thoughts we call it neurolinguistic program nlp but let's keep it simple Let's learn the six most important words you could ever internalize, utilize, and leverage in your life, because these six words make all the difference for you. And these six words are choice, not chance, determines your destiny. Choice, not chance, determines your destiny. How you respond in any given situation will really make the difference in your life. So I just want to do the following. I'm going to warn you, our audience, the new listeners, and our wonderful guest, Shari, that I do use a lot of four-letter words. We're going to use them throughout the show. And I even use the four-letter F-U word. I do it because of the shock value, and it's fun. Now, of course, the four-letter words that we use because we live in the world of positive, purposeful, powerful, pleasant are life, love, hope, dose, grow, free, gift, Pray, play, swim, four-letter words. And the four-letter F-U word is fun. Fun, yes. F-U, capital N, capital N. Right away, some people are raising their hands. Hey, Barry Shore, fun's only spelled with three letters. Not in our world. World of the positive, purposeful, powerful, and pleasant. Fun is spelled F-U, capital N, capital N. So after the show, when you see your family and friends, and you have a twinkle in your eye and a smile on your face, remember that stands for Point your finger and tell all of everybody, F you, everybody. But remember to add right away, Kaplan, Kaplan. Say, where'd you get that? I said, I listened to Barry Shore, The Joy of Living. He wants to teach the world to F you, capital N, capital N. So before we bring on Sherry, I just want to urge everybody to do the following. I want you to use, for your benefit, the two most powerful words in the English language three times a day, consciously and conscientiously. You do this from now, forever, rest of your life, you'll make your life better, the life of your family, your friends, and all living beings. And these two words are, drum roll, fanfare, da-da-da-da. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks stands for to harmonize and network kindness. To harmonize and network kindness. The Dalai Lama has been quoted as saying, and I read in his writings, be kind whenever possible. He says, it's always possible. <laughs> so imagine, go back to the coffee shop, no mask, no nothing. You order your fancy latte, you sit down, somebody brings it to you. Say, thank you. Go to the coffee shop, you order your fancy latte. A few minutes go by, nobody brings it to you. Go to the counter and say, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. We'll bring it to you. Sit down, a few more minutes go by. Somebody brings it to you, still say, thank you. You're walking out of the coffee shop, it's raining out. Somebody holds the door open for you. You say, thank you. You're walking out of the coffee shop, it's raining out. Somebody slams the door on you. You say, thank you. You're in traffic, you're late for employment. Somebody cuts you off. You say, thank you. Get up in the middle of the night and you stub your toe and it hurts. You say, Thank you to harmonize and network kindness. Kind is a fabulous word that stands for keep inspiring noble deeds. I can't think of anybody that I want to share with you that inspires noble deeds other than the wonderful, amazing, bountiful Sherry Elise, America's joy magnet. Sherry, please say hello to 357,228 people around the world. 
Hello, 357,228 people around the world. <laughs> Jerry, as you see, is America's joy magnet. Now, by the way, that's not just for America, but because it's America's joy magnet, it's for the world because she reaches out across time and space and develops people. We're going to speak about some amazing, interesting insights that Sherry is going to bring for us. And I want to just share with everybody the following. Information is readily available many places. You can go on YouTube and ask people. That's just information. Transformation only happens when you utilize that which is going to be presented to you by this remarkable, dynamic, bountiful, beautiful, beneficent being. And we're going to literally and normally enable you to transform your life. So let's just jump in right away. If I start telling you, by the way, all the things that Sherry is and does, like an author, a, a podcaster, and she's on radio and television, and she has a TEDx talk about that, a second one. I mean, she's basically just an overachiever. But really, <laughs> the key for you is, remember, the show's all about you, is that she understands what it means to work with joy in oneself because she's been through stuff. We'll talk about the stuff later, but let's just jump right in right away. Sherry, first of all, thank you for being here. And let's discuss, number one, you talk a lot about, because I've heard, redefining joy. So let's redefine it. How do you understand this amazing word, joy, which I use all the time, which I call standing for journey of you. How do you redefine joy? Well, first, thank you for having me. I'm excited. I feel joy just being around you, Barry. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that we have very similar missions. And when you say journey of you, it, our meaning of joy really is the same. You know, my book is the journey back to ourselves and finding joy within. But I think my personal definition of joy is more than when people often think of joy, you know, they think of sunflowers and they think of fields of yellow and, you know, children playing in a playground, which are all amazing, beautiful moments of joy. But I discovered joy. And then the people that I worked with, the more we worked together, they found it. And that is through the truth and the alignment of being yourself, your full self all of us, all the, the, the highs and the lows, the, the perceived negative, all of that, allowing ourselves the gift and the freedom to be ourselves. And that is where I have found my joy and have helped others. So let's look at this. So you're redefining joy in the sense of self. So I want to share with you, done past shows, uh, we work with acronyms. We love words. Remember, it's one of the three fundamentals. Uh, self, we have used as an acronym, which stands for recognizing that you are a soul experiencing life fully. Like you just said, you're a soul experiencing life fully, but the fullness of life, what others call ups and downs, we're not going to use those terms for the moment. We're going to talk about the ups called unlimited potential and the other things that happen when you're not utilizing your full unlimited potential. That's what other people would call downs. We don't. We're working with joy because you understand that you're a joy magnet. So let's talk about attracting joy into one's life. Oh, attracting joy into one's life. I think it's an intentional. I think joy is intentional. It's intentional living. It's making the choices every single day to show up for life fully, to show up for myself fully, even on the days that I'm not feeling so great. And what that means to me, showing up for myself means extending grace, extending kindness to myself, extending love, extending compassion on those days that are not the ups. <laughs> oh, and I think, yeah. And I think the more that we do that, that's how we attract the joy into our lives. So this is wonderful. You're saying to everybody listening, hello, it takes effort. Yeah. It takes work. And by the way, that's the good news, right? Yes. Well, we're, we're miracles, right? As you said, we are alive, we're working, we're functioning. And so to be, listen, it takes work to be unhappy. It takes work to be miserable. It takes work and energy. And I always remember from a young girl thinking, all right, well, if I have these choices, 
like these two doors, walk in through the one that's more negative or the one that feels better. They both take energy. I'm going to walk through the one that feels better. Gee, wait a minute. How did you figure that one out? Sherry? Let's, <laughs> you know something? Let's do that. Let's go yeah. back to a time when you're very young, six, seven years old, and stuff happened in your life. And I'm going to pause at this. Again, we have hundreds of thousands of listeners, thank God. And I always urge people, share this with five people at least. So we have over a million and a half people that will be touched by this. Tell us a little bit about you as a young girl, your upbringing, and something, something, not wasn't one event, the things that happened to you and that what, how, do you, how you needed to resolve that on a witness stand. Oh, so it's it's a it's a big story. So I'll try to keep it concise. Um, no need. Just tell us. Okay. Uh, well, at seven, as you mentioned, at seven years old, I was I found myself on a witness stand uh, speaking out against a man who had sexually abused me. Um, my parents, well, my mom left my sister and I in the hands of friends' parents, and for a day out at the beach. And those friends' parents left me in the care of a stranger. And as a lot of survivors, um, we experience, I was told after the event that if I was to tell anybody that my family would be killed and that I would be hurt. But there was something, Barry, that until this day, I tell people all the time, I have no idea what that thing was that told me to tell but I knew that I had to. And so when I got home, like, well, I was trying to tell my sister along the drive home and she was too busy with her friends. And she said, talk to me when we get home, when we get home. So when I got home, my mom had sensed that there was something that was off about me. And so I was talking to my sister and my mom was eavesdropping when she heard me say, and so then they called the police and we did the whole thing and had to go and identify the person. And went to court to prosecute him. And if you can imagine, I mean, at seven years old, first of all, just even talking about anything like that in front of a room full of strangers, the event itself was traumatic, but then being on the witness stand, I think to this day was more traumatic for me. There was a defending, having to defend myself as to why I didn't do more at this age um, to stop the person. Uh, but what I learned though, I'll tell you on that stand was two things. Number one was that my voice, me speaking out, saved lives because they had found out that he did this to other girls. So he had been prosecuted. But I also found out that my voice, my sharing my truth also hurt people. I felt guilt and shame about putting him away, putting this person in prison. I felt guilt and shame about my parents who now had to deal with it. You know, it was 1981, so no one was talking about sexual abuse. The Me Too movement hadn't started. You know, there was no, no one knew what to say to me. And so my mom, just being a mom and wanting to protect me, she thought by teaching me lessons about, you know, not being so naive and going off with strangers and all this, that that was protective. But as a young child, I internalized that as it was my fault. And my dad, you know, me being his little girl, he didn't know what to say at all. So he didn't say anything. And I internalized that as he was ashamed of me. So I grew up. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Let's talk about the you now as an adult, recognizing that two positive things came out about your voice. And I share this because <clears throat> For everybody watching, remember, the show is not about Barry Shore, as nice as he is. It's <laughs> not about Sherry, as wonderful as she is even. It's about you, you becoming the best you. I think, in, unfortunately, in today's environment, we have such a worldwide audience that people know of other people who have been abused, either sexually or physically. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not uncommon, unfortunately. And then, of course, his family, as you said, who internalized in different ways. Your father, you thought, was ashamed. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that was your projection. He didn't feel that way. But you found your two voices. One, the power of your voice. Your voice was so strong that you could be a champion of justice, even though you weren't thinking like that, and 
put away somebody who was wicked. That's a very powerful thing. Tell us how you were able to utilize your voice later as you grew up for continuing positive, purposeful, powerful, pleasant essence. Well, I remember it sticking with me, my mom and my dad and people just saying to me that I was so strong and that I was this hero and that I had saved people. And I remember thinking at that young age, I do remember this consciously, like that I didn't feel that. I didn't feel strong and courageous. Of course, I felt scared. Um, but that those messages stayed with me. And so everything I did in life in terms of speaking out against injustices and just speak using my voice to talk about things that weren't right in the world or to speak about things that would make the world better, whether it was kindness, whether it was how can we help each other? How can we show up for each other? So I had the confidence from being on that witness stand and seeing the power in what I did, even though I didn't get it at the time, to know that I could affect change in others by using my voice. And so I started speaking for a living um, and, and being able to use that in that way. So this is absolutely fantastic. I want to emphasize what I believe Sherry is saying to us is that even a most traumatic and dramatic circumstance something positive will arise and not just positive as she said the voice was people were telling her how strong she was those positive affirmations and i'm saying this with love may not have been there if you had just been in quotation marks a regular seven-year-old eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen year old girl in puberty and teenage and so but because you were now photobombed love bombed by positive messages of strength, somehow they came into you and you didn't go around and think, well, I'm now Supergirl or woman or whatever, but it did help later because you were able to recognize that you could use your voice to fight injustice. You were strong enough to be beneficial to others and to fight against the bad people. And this is absolutely wonderful. By the way, um, Sherry, <clears throat> Anything you want to know about Sherry, and there's a lot to more to know, just go to my website, www.whatawonderfulworld.barryshore.com, and it's all there. So you don't have to write anything down, books and things, and tada, it's all there. And there's a lot there. So let's talk now about um, some part of you that is now, you're redefining joy. Now let's move into another aspect of joy, which you talked about the self. So let's talk about that idea of self-connection and having joy blossom into the world. I love that. I feel it all. Like when you say that, <laughs> like, because that, so I had this moment. So when I was seven years old and on that witness stand, there was a disconnection there, which happens for a lot of people who have experienced trauma, a disassociation. There was a lot of pain that was felt that day that I did not want to deal with. And so my form of escape for all the following years, for decades really, was really through food, um, it, using food to push down the emotions, the sadness, the, the, the fear that I lived every day, that I didn't know that I was living because I didn't allow myself to live it. And so I spent years just disconnected from now I know myself, but I kept, I kept finding myself in this toxic relationships, like these unhealthy relationships, not only with men, but also with myself, with my body and really just mistreating myself. But there was this voice inside that always knew that there was more. And that this couldn't be what I was sentenced to live. Like, why do I get to see all these people that are having these amazing lives? What did I do that I can't have that? The thing was, is that I didn't know how to get there, but I knew it existed. And so for me, knowing that that existed out there meant that I had a direction and somewhere to go. And it was just really about figuring out how. And so for me, what that looked like was a lot of repeated mistakes. And I say mistakes, but I learned from all of them, of course. Um, but really looking at every time having these relationships and going to my friends and saying, why does this keep happening to me? I used to dub myself the dark cloud. 
which is funny to see the transformation now. But I always thought that anything that could go wrong would go wrong. And one day, by the way, that what is that called? Just for everybody, we're unpacking something. Anything that could go wrong will go wrong. We call that in life paranoia. <laughs> yeah, paranoia strikes deep, and it's it's very in quotation marks common for people who are not ever striving forward. So you were in that place of disconnected, and mm -hmm. therefore, by definition, anything that could go wrong will go wrong. And guess what? Because you thought that, what it happened? Did. It did. You went wrong. Yes, totally. <laughs> so fulfilling. Yeah. I was going down that negative door. That was all I saw. I didn't see that other door yet. Uh, and so my friend said to me one night after a night out at the bar, and we'd been, you know, and I was, we were back, and I was complaining about this one and that one and why. And he looked at me and he said, Sherry, what kind of woman do you see yourself as? And so I just started listing off, well, she's confident and she's self-respectful and blah, blah, blah. And he just looked at me. And if he had said this a week before, I might not have heard it the same way. But that particular day was the day I was meant to hear it. And he looked at me and he said, so be her. And I was like, <laughs> so simple. But and then I thought, well, I'm an actress. I could be this woman. And what that did for me is when that phone call or text message came in from that person who was unhealthy in my life, I thought to myself, what would that self-respecting woman do right now? And what Ooh. she would do was not return his call. What she would do is delete his number from her phone. And I began to do that with all little steps. Of, and before I knew it, I started to feel better inside, little by little. And then when something that was toxic or unhealthy would come into my world, into my inner universe, it would feel like poison to me. It would feel like off. I was like, oh, I don't like that. It wasn't familiar anymore. And so that is how I started weeding people and things and unhealthy stuff out of my life. And the more and more I became connected to myself. And, and when you did that, you began meeting more positive, yes. purposeful, pleasant people. Absolutely. Without and, a doubt. And the paranoia was, wasn't <laughs> gone, but it was diminished, right? So if anything could go right, it will go right. That's right. Because <laughs> I believed place. it. I was right. living it. I saw that it existed because before I only lived in the limitations of the four walls I had built for myself, guilt, shame, fear, you know, unsafety. So that was the world in which I lived in. I didn't have anything else to look out of. I didn't know there was a window in that room that, you know, I could open up and escape out of. By the way, at this very moment, there are tens of thousands of people, mostly women around the world, applauding, standing up, cheering. They're ripping off their clothes and running around the house <laughs> singing, Sherry, Sherry. Okay, forget that part. But yeah, Sherry, Sherry, right. <laughs> because what you've just done with your thing, with your hands and creating the box, the four walls, is what people do unless, unless they have your formula. Again, all of which is available at the website, www.barryshow.com, with the books and the TEDx and everything. Because that's what people do, isn't it, Sherry? I mean, you lived it. Yeah. I mean, we box ourselves in and it's not our fault. It's what we know. It's the limited lens in which we look through. And for me, I had to have faith. I had to believe that there was something more for me out there. I had to trust in that. And it was risky and it was scary, but it was riskier and scarier to stay in that place where I thought everything was a dark cloud. That was not living to me. That was not life. So it was like I had to make a choice, as you said, choice somewhere. And the choice I made was that I was going to believe that there was better for me and I was going to find it. Choice, not chance, determines your destiny. Uh, I asked Sherry to share with me, share, uh, by the way, stands for spreading happiness and rejuvenating energy. That's what share is. And I have to make an acronym for Sherry. Uh, <laughs> one of some quotes that she likes, and the, I'm gonna we're gonna start the next session 
with this quote to finish this session from Aeneas Inn, who is also one of my favorite authors. And as you just pointed out with, with your four walls, and the day came when the risk to remain tight in a bud was more painful than the risk it took to blossom. So right after this brief message from our sponsors, uh, we're coming right back. There's more Sherry, and she is going to cause shift in your life. And you got to be careful to pronounce that F, otherwise the other stuff happens. Shift right back with us. And wonderful Sherry. Imagine the kind of place you would want to shop for your favorite fur baby pet. Honest pets.co. Well, you found it. Honestpets.co. Not .com, .co. This is your go-to spot for the best, the cleanest pet treats that exist anywhere on the planet. All of the brands go through a rigorous review to make sure they meet the high standards of cleanliness, health benefits, and naturalness. This site was started by a husband and wife team, and it's veteran-owned, and that care about pets, especially dogs and cats, and coming soon, bird treats. These are very nice young people who really care about making a difference because a portion of proceeds go to support veteran organizations with a focus on service dogs. This is the place where you want to go, you want to tell your friends, this has the finest, yummiest, freshest, all-natural treats and stuff for your fur baby. So go there, honestpets.co honestpets.co. Do it now. Hello, everybody. As you may know, I'm 72 and recovering from being a quadriplegic at age 55. Oh, my. Now, to stay active, I swim two miles per day, six times per week. So you can imagine I know a thing or two about aches and pains. And until recently, I thought my aches and pains were a fact of life I had to deal with every day just part of the process of getting older and staying active. And then I tried 100% drug-free relief factor. Now, I've been taking their convenient packs three times a day, and i got to tell you, everybody, I am feeling noticeably better. Relief factor is giving me more oomph and less oh. The secret is its four key ingredients. Each one supports a different metabolic pathway that your body uses to respond to the inflammation that is the cause of many hip, back, shoulder, and knee pains. If you have everyday aches and pains too, remember, Relief Factor is 100% drug-free and designed to be taken every day so you can get out and stay out of pain. Now, to make it as easy as possible for you to try Relief Factor, they created the three-week quick start discounted program for $19.95. That's it, $19.95. So do what I did. Go to relieffactor.com slash joy and order a three-week quick start for yourself. You'll be glad you did. Again, claim your three-week Quick start for only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com slash joy. You'll thank me. You'll be glad you did. Best wishes. Bye now. Good day, beautiful, bountiful, beloved immortal beings and good-looking people. Remember, you're good-looking because you're always looking for and finding the good. We have good in abundance. Our cup runneth over with good. And a two-legged being named Sherry Elise, and she is absolutely amazing. She is discussing with us about being connected to yourself and experiencing the blossoming of joy, breaking down those four walls, smashing them so you can and literally attract into your life that goodness and the beauty that exists there. She is a dose of hope. Dose of hope we translate as doing, what do we say? Doing ongoing service every day, helping others progress every day. That is what Sherry is. She's followed by hundreds of thousands of people. She's touched over 10 million people around the world. Everything you want to know about her is at www.whatawonderfulworld.barryshore.com. So we just left our intrepid hero, wonderful Sherry, as she's leading us along up the path, up, up, unlimited potential. And she's talking about shift happens. 
the perspective shifts. Now, I mentioned to people, you got to be very careful not to drop the F in shift or the other stuff happens. So let's talk about perspective shifts. Wonderful, Sherry. Give us some insights, please. <laughs> oh, joy. Thank you, Barry. Uh, so perspective shifts, it's, it's really about the continuation you know, of, of our conversation, that willingness to believe one thought differently. As I mentioned, I was in those four walls. I didn't know anything outside of them, but I had to believe that there had to be something different if I wanted to leave where I currently was, where I was living, what didn't feel good, that I knew that there was more. So I had to take this leap of faith. I had to say, maybe what I'm thinking, maybe my thoughts about myself and about the world are wrong. I know. <laughs> I, I, the center of the universe, wrong? <laughs> the first time that I heard the quote, would you rather be right or happy? I remember thinking like it was a trick question. <laughs> I was like, there's no way. There's no way. Right and happy, come on. So it, it was literally, I was like, I think that's where a lot of us get stuck is like we hold on to our rightness like badges of honor. We hold it under lock and key and we don't question where we get our beliefs from, where they have stemmed from. And, and you know, they often stem from our childhood and from the, the people in our lives and the things that we've been taught that all come from their own beliefs, which then come from their ancestors beliefs. Right. And so for me, it was really looking at, this, this issue of worthiness. Was I really not valuable? Was I really unworthy in the world because of my perspective that somebody could use me the way that they did, could not value me as a human being that they could do it? So I really had to start looking at that from just like a common sense level. Like what would make me, why would I be born into this world, Barry, to not be valuable? while I could see the value in everybody else. So it was the willingness to have that one thought and believe differently. And that shift, remember, shift made the difference. And it was based on faith. By the way, faith is a great acronym that stands for finding answers in the hidden. Mm. See, it was hidden from you. Yeah. But you said, I'm going to find the answers. You found the answers in the hidden, that's faith. And you were willing to believe. That willingness to believe, in my opinion, is what made the perspective shift possible for you. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. I think everything that we do, the willingness to do it, just even announcing and saying that I want to think differently or I want to be differently, I want to feel joy, I, I, whatever that willingness is, I think immediately opens us up to having it, immediately opens and it begins the attraction to it, right? Um, and for me, it was the willingness, but also I think I had to, actually I know I had to, I had to stop blaming life and the world and God or whatever else I was blaming and actually take accountability and responsibility, not for what happened to me, but how I chose to show up in the world, how I chose to respond to all of those things. And it wasn't about belittling and bashing myself. It was about learning compassion and understanding why I made those choices, but still knowing that they were choices and I can make different ones. To literally know that you can choose how to respond in any given situation and that that will determine your destiny. It's, it's a universal truth, isn't it? It is. And once you internalized it, in other words, the truth is outside of you, but once you internalized it, you became you. Yeah. You blossom. <laughs> yeah. I removed all of the barriers that I had built around myself, all of the walls of all of the disbelief, the lies, the, 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 the perspectives that I had that weren't true. And when I removed all of them, what was left was the truth, me, my connection, 
who I was, joy, who we all are, joy. You just gave me a, a beautiful uh, picture of something. There's certain, I don't know if they're called fish, but we call them crustaceans. Mm -hmm. so crustacean, the first word in crustacean is crust. You had a crust around you mm -hmm. that looked as if it was, let's say, three-inch thick metal walls. And in reality, it wasn't. It was... They were so easy to push aside once you made the decision. Is that correct? I mean, they the walls broke down. <laughs> yeah, once I made that decision, and and once I was willing to believe, once I was willing to believe that it could that again that willingness to believe that it could be different, and then choosing to do so to think differently, then it was like what she just did was wonderful but uh, so let's tell people you went to a great school called Syracuse for those who are not in the United States Syracuse University in New York State <laughs> that was inside baseball um, and you majored in theater and I am about to posit that theater was another process for you of unfolding self is that fair to say Yes, without a doubt. Uh, well, first, theater did two things for me again as a kid. So number one, it was an escape for me. I didn't have to connect with myself. I could be somebody else. That was number one. Number two was my parents went through a really bitter divorce and my mom was really unhappy. And so there was a lot of sadness in our house. But what I noticed was that when I entertained her or I did something funny, I watched the sadness from her eyes disappear. And for me, I saw the power of being able to shift somebody's emotions. And I wanted to do more of that. I wanted to spread joy. I wanted to make people happier. And so entertaining allowed me to do that. The process though of that is that the more and more as I grew and I healed and I found more of myself, I realized that I no longer wanted to be an actor because I enjoyed being me more so than I did playing a character. Oh, this is so fabulous. Again, Linda Blasheri, we have a worldwide audience and 80% of the people are under 35, like you. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> it, is, it is very important that we're you're empowering people. I know it's an overused term, but you're empowering people to understand that at one and the same time, it's great to help others, you know, move away from the shift because they may be they may be in a place that there's the F is still not there. They may be in the other kind of place. And for you to include the F and recognize, but I want to be me. And to do that, that is the greatest empowerment possible. I, it's so refreshing what you're doing. It's so wonderful. It's so enlightening and enlivening. So Shari, S-H-A-R-I, now stands for Spreading Happiness and Rewarding Insights. Ooh. That's, that's who you are because you're the you're America's joy magnet. This is absolutely fantasmagorically wonderful. And we're just so happy that you're doing this. So let's let's go and explore a bit more about what it is that animates you right now, let's say for the past five years, because you've been doing television appearances, you did your TEDx, you've written the book, um, and you're touching millions of people. So what animates you? What is the mission that drives Sherry? So what drives me is giving people hope. And for me, hope stands for holding on to possibility every day. Ah, we love it. Another hope. Very good. Yes. That, that, possibilities every day. Very good. Yes. And the reason why that is for me and why I'm so lit up by that is because when I was 12 years old, Oprah Winfrey came out and she spoke about her sexual abuse. And I remember having felt so alone that I saw this woman, this person who had been through it and was successful and made this whole thing out of her life. And what she did for me was give me possibility that, and I held on to that and I want, and so what lights me up is helping people know that whatever circumstances they're in right now, whatever their past may be, that it does not get to define the amount of joy that they get to feel. 
because every single day we get to make choices and every single day I get to be intentional about intentional about joyful living. And so that's all I want to do. And I, and I want to share truths with people that every day doesn't feel amazing, but every day I choose to make moments amazing, you know, and that's all I can do. And so I'm just trying to spread that in whatever way I can. And you know what? I, I had COVID in, in December and my health went downhill and I'm having some longer term effects. So it's been challenging for me, but which just makes me show up even more for myself with more love and more compassion, more kindness. And I just, I just want to keep spreading that in whatever way I can. And that's the best way to heal, of course, yes. to maintain and then grow that. Uh, I'm going to ask you a very personal question. I hope the answer is yes. Did you send Oprah Winfrey a, at least an email or a handwritten letter and tell her how much it helped you when you were 12 years old? I did not. I've commented on, you know, threads and she doesn't see it. I've said it on interviews in the media. You know, I've made reference to her, but directly, no. And well, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you in front of hundreds of thousands of people to commit to sending Oprah Winfrey a handwritten letter that says how much you appreciate what yeah. she did. Would you do that? Absolutely. She changed my life. She actually makes me, she is what made me and want to be a television talk show host is because of the work that she's done for me. Well, then do that also. In other yeah. words, <laughs> but a handwritten letter, uh, electronic communication is a boon to society. There's no question. Yeah. It's still in all a handwritten note people keep. And I love that because you mentioned that in your book a few times where you talk about writing things out and not just typing it and the importance of that. So I love that you mentioned the handwritten. It's so tactile that when you actually pick up something called a pen or a pencil, but a pen even more so, and you put that on to paper and you read what you wrote, your your whole your literally your spirit is infusing the words mm. and it touches another human being what we call touch to the quick you know that's term from the theater it means you you've gone right into the inner being and by the way while we're doing this i'm going to encourage everybody that's listening to consider and either commit to yourself or somebody you're watching with to write a letter doesn't have to be 16 pages, <laughs> you know, it could be hundred words. Write a letter to someone that made a difference in your life. If you can mail it, even better. Even if you can't, write the letter. It makes a difference. I know it made a difference for me. It makes a difference for the people that I work with when I do training and such like that. It it makes a difference for you. Again, remember you're you want to be a mad person. Mad stands for make a difference. I mean, talk about Sherry making a difference in the world. She is the embodiment of madness. And <laughs> we're so happy that you're here. I love it. We're going to use your hope, so dose of hope, and it's just so fantastic. Let's let's. Unfortunately, time goes by so fast. I mean, the hour is almost up. Uh, I just want to go. A little deeper, if you'd be so kind, what was it in your TEDx talk that was the defining moment for you, if there was one? Of, of, of self-connection? Yes. Or, oh, absolutely. It was a moment in Italy. Um, I had gone off to Italy for a few months. Uh, after broken heart, I did the whole eat, pray, love thing, sold everything I owned, quit my job and just took off there just to really spend time with myself. And, and during that time, um, I learned a lot about myself. Uh, but it was one of the last days that I was standing in my favorite church in Florence and just taking in the moment I was getting ready to come back to the States. And I just had my eyes closed and I heard very clearly a voice that said, you weren't supposed to leave her. You were supposed to love her. And in that moment, my entire life, like how they say when you die or close to death, your life flashes before you. 
literally I had flashes of every moment of my life from that witness stand to all of the times my inner child tried to show up and reconnect back to myself to that moment in time in that church. And I realized then that I wasn't supposed to be running from her that I had been doing all my life. I was supposed to connect back to her. And that's when my true journey to joy began was that moment. I am so glad I asked you. <laughs> that was powerful. That was really deep. I write about it in detail, of course, like in my book, but she had shown up for me in Sedona years before on a mountaintop on one of the vortexes and uh, in person, which I, I sounds crazy to the average person, but as real as I always say, I'm standing here, sitting here with you, so was she. And I wasn't ready to face her then. I told her I loved her. I told her though I needed to leave her. And because I felt like I was using food to keep her safe in. And so I was putting this protective barrier. So I had that conversation with her, which made sense then why years later in Italy, it was you weren't supposed to leave her that day on the witness stand or that day on that vortex. <laughs> She's amazing. And the best news of all, and not best, another leap forward in Sherry's life, again, spreading happiness and rewarding insights, is that she's about to do a second TEDx, which, by the way, is not just unusual, it's highly unusual. And she's doing it for several reasons, one she shared with me before, which is that it's, it's a, a full circle because she began discovering her best self at Syracuse on stage. And now she's going to Syracuse on stage mm -hmm. to give a TEDx talk. I mean, it, it's something remarkable. It's going onto the um, Cape Canaveral and you are the rocket kid. <laughs> you're, you're the one who's making just remarkable strides forward. And we, we, we applaud you. It, it, it's, it's so wonderful. So um, for the now, as I said, we're coming. It's, it goes by too fast. But uh, I'm going to ask you three quick questions. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Number one. <laughs> Will you come back again? Yes, absolutely. Oh, very good. Thank you. Number two, you have 80 seconds only to answer this. You ready? Okay. <laughs> what is your most fervent desire in 80 seconds? Uh, my greatest desire is to, number one, be at complete peace with myself, to not need to have to do anything in order to feel fully aligned and fully at peace with myself, not have to prove because there's still those parts of me that are still looking to be healed in moments. And then the other is for others to awaken to their magnificence and their beauty and their joy, just as they are. And she does it so wonderfully, so elegantly, so eloquently as well. And number three is, may I give you a hug in front of 300 now, 362,800 people around the world? I would be honored. Okay, so let me tell you what hug stands for. Ready? Okay. Hug stands for harmonizing, unlimited giving. Here we go. On the count of three. One, two, three. <laughs> and you've been listening to The Joy of Living with your humble host, Barry Shore, and our amazing, wondrous, blossoming, being, bountiful, beneficent person, Sherry Elise, spreading happiness, rewarding insights. And she's been sharing with us those transformational moments in your life. Yes, they happen in her life. They happen in your life as well when you open up yourself and allow shift to happen. Keep that F and F in place. Shift happens, right? It's right now. Huh? You like that? <laughs> in the joy of living. Because you know, in this show, we talk about the three fundamentals of life. And these fundamentals are going to now enable you to be happier, 
healthier and wealthier. Three fundamentals, of course, are number one, life. Your life has purpose. You lead a purpose-driven life like Sherry. You can go mad. You make a difference in the world. And number three is to unlock the power and the secrets of everyday words and terms, such as smiles, seeing miracles in life every day, or as my eight-year-old niece says, seeing miracles in everyday life. Create the kind of world you want to live in, causing rethinking, enabling all to excel, as Sherry taught us, Choice, not chance, determines your destiny. Learn to use four-letter words in the positive, purposeful, powerful, pleasant sense of words. Love, life, hope, free, gift, play, pray, swim, and tell the world to F you, capital N, capital N. So after the show, you see a family and friend say, where'd you get that? Say, Barry Short, he wants to teach the world to F you, capital N, capital N. And use the two most powerful words in the English language three times a day from now and for the rest of your life because they help you, they help your family, your friends, and all living beings. And these two words are thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, the answer to harmonize and network kindness. Everyone, everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about. Therefore, be kind. Keep inspiring noble deeds, as Sherry does. Kind also says, connect in nature daily. It's a wonderful experience to, to breathe and to feel the bounty, the beauty of nature all around you. And as we leave you for the moment, we urge you, we're going to leave you both with a blessing. Remember, the show is not about Sherry. It's not about Barry. It's all about you. You becoming the best you possible. So the blessing from Barry and Sherry is go forth. Live exuberantly. Spread the seeds of joy, happiness, peace, and love. Go mad. Go make a difference. Good day. Beautiful, bountiful, beloved, immortal beings, and good-looking people. Remember, you're good-looking because you're always looking for and finding the good. We have a remarkably important and powerful message on insider tips today. We, everybody knows, everybody, that the panic of the pandemic and the lockdown has caused mental health issues to skyrocket. And especially, especially is children. Between 2016 and 2022, the number of children diagnosed with anxiety or depression grew by nearly 30%. Now, the important issue here is not just that it grew, but the decline of mental health services amongst children ages 18 and under fell precipitously. We have with us today one of the more remarkable people in our country who is single-handedly, but along with her entire staff, addressing these problems. Her name is Aditi, Dr. Aditi Malik, and we are privileged to have her here to speak about services that are available to children, uh, especially under the age of 18. Or, or even 19, and we're going to discuss what can be done to be of benefit. May especially is a time to talk about this because May is Mental Health Awareness Month, but any time and every time is important to speak. So welcome, Dr. Aditi Malak, and I'd like to ask you right away, uh, what are what is Medicaid and CHIP? Who, what do they mean, and who are these programs uh, able to help? Who's eligible for these programs? First, Barry, thank you so much for having me. And I will say your energy and enthusiasm is contagious. And I so appreciate you um, using your platform to talk about this. Um, Medicaid and CHIP are insurance programs. So CHIP stands for the Children's Health Insurance Program. Um, both collectively offer free or low cost health coverage for eligible children and teens. Uh, the eligibility is generally depends on how many people are in the household and family income, but it is really focused on families with low and moderate income. The eligibility varies by state, but in most states, children up to age 19 with a family income up to $50,000 per year may qualify for Medicaid and CHIP. And so if you remember nothing from my being here, it's um, thank you for the opportunity to remind your listeners and parents that Medicaid and CHIP can really support children by providing access to these essential behavioral health services, including mental health services, in person and virtually. So it's more important than ever now, as you said, for our children to have access to and use the mental health and behavioral health services offered through Medicaid and CHIP. 
I want to emphasize again something that Dr. Mullick just mentioned here, essential medical and mental health services. Uh, I want to emphasize the word again, essential. Let me just tell you something about Dr. Mullick's background because it's quite extensive. If I actually told you everything about her, we take up the rest of the shows. I won't. But suffice it to say that she is the chief medical officer for the Center for Medicaid and CHIP Services. She's the chief medical officer. She's talking to us today about an epidemic that is raging in our country that can be addressed. It's just a matter of people knowing about it. And Dr. Malik has dedicated her life she graduated from Harvard College, from Stanford, and she did her residency in Mass General Hospital and Harvard Medical School. You're talking about the best of the best. She's dedicating her time, her effort, her life to making sure that people in underserved communities and people who are struggling have the essential medical and health services for their children so they can strive forward and be successful in life. Uh, Let's just talk about some of the what are some of the important services that children and teens can have access to through these programs, Dr. Malik. Yeah, thank you for asking, Barry. So the the benefits are really quite comprehensive. So in addition to routine healthcare services and doctor's visits, um, you know things like hearing, vision, lead screenings, um, dentist visits, eye exams. Um, hospital visits, prescriptions, immunizations are just a number of examples. And then specific to behavioral health and mental health services, that includes things like screenings, counseling services, therapy, medications where they're needed, um, really anything necessary to prevent, diagnose, and treat a broad range of mental health symptoms and disorders that tend to occur in low-income or minority populations and children especially, um, these are disorders like anxiety disorders, depression, autism spectrum disorder, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, also known as ADHD, um, and other potential behavioral problems. Now, again, this is, I have to emphasize, this is so, this is not just important, this is vital, this is essential, because every parent wants their child or children to succeed. And the ability to be in a country that is reaching out and offering these services for free, it behooves you to avail yourself of the opportunity. Uh, let's just talk about some of the disparities that happen because of different populations and access to mental health services. Can you address that issue at the moment, Dr. Mullock? Yeah, absolutely, Barry. It is, uh, so unfortunately, there are longstanding disparities in this area. Many minority populations are less likely than those who are not minorities to seek out mental health services. And when they do seek out those services, can have difficulties accessing care because of language barriers, cultural differences, financial or insurance-related obstacles. And so um, that's really where folks knowing that they can access these services and can sign up at insurekidsnow.gov or 1-877-KIDS-NOW or 1-877-543-7669 is incredibly important. So those longstanding disparities have been compounded by COVID-19. Over the last two years, children have faced, oh, two plus years now, really increased anxiety and stress from virtual learning, lack of broadband, social isolation, God forbid for many children, the loss of a, a family caregiver or a family member, food insecurity, economic stress that many families have experienced. And in minority communities, especially, I think we've seen recent spikes in violence and discrimination that all together um, have really compounded a disproportionate share of mental illness in minority children and teens. Again, every parent wants the best for their child or children. There's a, an entire outlook that we call Stop the Stigma. It is really important and vital that you as a parent evaluate the opportunity to bring your child into these services. 
and don't think that this is, oh my gosh, mental health. Mental health is the foundation for being successful in life. Look at Dr. Aditi. She is one of the most successful people in life. She's not afraid to say, look, if I have issues, I'm going to address them. Uh, people like Michael Phelps, people like Simone Dolay, the, the Olympic stars of the world recognize that mental health stability, the ability to stop the stigma, don't worry about it, and move forward is absolutely, it's, it's the, the foundation for being successful in life. Everybody, please avail yourself of this. For more information, call 877, toll free, 877 kids now was translated to 877-543-7669 or you can visit something called find coverage for your family it's on a site called insurekidsnow.gov insurekidsnow.gov. We want every single child in the United States of America to have the full opportunity and to be involved in growth and giving and, and being able to fulfill their greatest aspirations. Dr. Aditi Malak, it is such an honor and a privilege to have you here today. If you'd like to share a few closing words, we would love to hear from you. Thank you so much, Barry. I will just take the opportunity um, to reiterate those two um, those two access points. Really, um, insurekidsnow.gov, i n s u r e k i d s n o w dot gov, or one eight seven seven five four three seven six six nine. That's one eight seven seven kids now. Um, there is no special enrollment period. You can sign up for coverage at any time. You can apply online, by phone, by mail, or in person with your state's Medicaid or CHIP agency. The process to apply for this free or low-cost coverage has gotten a lot faster, and you may be even able to find out today if you qualify. Um, so thank you, thank you for heeding the call. Thank you, thank you, Barry, to you specifically for what you're doing to get this message out. And thank you, wonderful Aditi Malek. And everybody, do this, do this. Whether you're a parent, an aunt, an uncle, a concerned person, this is the future of the United States of America and therefore the world having healthy, wonderful children. We can do it. Thank you, Dr. Malek. Best wishes. Bye now. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Joy of Living podcast. Now that's another step towards your healthier, happier, and wealthier life. Never hesitate to do good in the world, no matter what the situation. Join us for another upbeat discussion next time at BarryShore.com. And be sure to leave a rating and subscribe to the show to get more conversations like this. And remember to share it with your family and friends too. See you on the next episode.